continue working our way through the 23rd Psalm. Psalm 23, verse 3 says, He restoreth my soul, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His names. Two students working for the summer got a job with the public works department. They were given the job of painting the center lines of a rural road. The supervisor told them that they were on probation and that they must stay above the average of two miles per day to keep their job. On the first day, they completed four miles. Yet on their second day, they only completed two miles. Their supervisor was somewhat concerned with the drop in their progress, but it didn't say anything because they were still at the average of two miles. However, on the third day, the students only did one mile. The supervisor decided he needed to talk to them because they had gone from four miles down to one mile in three days. He called them in and said, Boys, you did so great your first day, and although the second and although the second was not as good, you did the average. But today you only did one mile. Are you doing less each day? What seems to be the problem? The students replied, Well, we keep getting further and further from the bucket. There are times when we find ourselves getting farther and farther away. Of course, I'm talking about getting farther away, not from a bucket, but getting farther away from the Lord. The psalmist testified in Psalm 119 and verse 176, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Like the psalmist, we are sheep that are prone to wander and prone to stray from God. You see, we are on a journey that will conclude when we dwell in the house of the Lord. That's Psalm 23, verse 6, the last verse in the 23rd Psalm. We shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And sadly and tragically, while on this journey, we sometimes stray. We sometimes wander off the path. Like sheep that easily stray and are prone to stray, we find ourselves off the right path and away from the Lord, the Lord our Savior, the Lord our Shepherd. As we continue drawing lessons from Psalm 23 to sort of help us face the days ahead, we find in the words, He restoreth my soul, we find in that phrase, in those words, that the Lord often needs to restore us because we often stumble, because we often stray while on this journey. Yet we also find that the shepherd who is leading us to the house of the Lord has his way of getting us back on the right path. Yes, we do stray sometimes, but he has his way of getting us back on the right path. So from that phrase, he restoreth my soul, I want to develop a couple of thoughts. So keep in your mind that phrase, he restoreth my soul. I'll bring you back to it a couple of times. But I want you to notice, first of all, the purpose of restoration. The purpose of restoration. He restoreth my soul. God has a purpose in the restoration. What does it mean, He restoreth my soul? What does that mean? The statement has been translated by some as He converts my soul. He revives life in me. He causes my life to return. And that is, there is a, there is a sense of that in this word, in the Hebrew word here is rendered restoreth. There is a sense of that. The word restore comes from a Hebrew word that is often translated restore, such as it is in 
in Psalm 23, verse 3. It is frequently translated that way. But on 369 occasions, it is also translated, or rather it is not translated that way, but it is translated to return, or to return again. Let me give you a couple of verses where you'll see this. For instance, Ruth chapter 1, verse 22. There we read, So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. It's only underlined at once. It's actually found twice there, that Hebrew word. So Naomi returned, which returned out of the country of Moab. See it? The word has the idea of going back or coming back home or to the coming back to the place one should be or one was supposed to be. The restoration described is one in which the shepherd brings his sheep back to where they're supposed to be. That's the idea of Psalm 23, verse 3. He restoreth my soul. The shepherd brings the sheep back to where they ought to be. Notice in Ruth 1.21, we see it again. This time it's, it's, it's uh, translated brought, but it's the same idea as return. There it says, I went out full and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. The word brought is the same Hebrew word that's rendered restoreth in Psalm 23, verse 3. Naomi could have said, the Lord hath restored my soul. She could have put it that way. And David in Psalm 23.3 could have said, the Lord hath brought me home again. It would have been appropriate because that's what it means. The word restoreth implies that we as sheep can and do get away from God sometimes. So I want you to think about that for just a minute because that suggests two conditions. Two conditions then. First of all, there are the paths from which we drift. There are the paths from which we depart or which we drift. You know, I was very fortunate. My stepdad, Tom, uh, was a shepherd for an extended period of time. Uh, For a good number of years, he was a shepherd. And so uh, he used to tell me things about shepherding. And he used to talk about how sheep are easily distracted. And, and if not carefully and constantly watched by the shepherd, they will drift away until they find themselves separated from the flock. They will nibble on the grass with their heads down, lost in their own little grass world, paying no attention to the flock or the shepherd, and then suddenly they find that they have drifted away from the other sheep. We're much like that. We, as Christians, are no different. There are certain paths in which our Lord leads us and paths in which we are to walk, paths in which we are to follow Him. But we let this world take our eyes off the Lord and before we know it, we have drifted from the paths in which we are supposed to walk. There is a path that leads us to church on Sunday. It is a place where God's flock gathers on the Lord's day. But we let something turn us down a different path uh, one particular Sunday. Maybe it's a football game. Maybe it's uh, some other kind of activity. But something leads us off of the path of going to church on Sunday and being with God's people, His flock. We let something turn us down a different path one Sunday. We never intended to drift from this path, but once we allow something to turn us from that path one time, we find uh, we find it... Uh, 
is easy to turn a second time and then another and another. In time, we find ourselves completely off the path and away from the flock. Another example, there is the path that leads us to a time with God in prayer and in His Word. But one day we are tired or we're busy and we don't take that path. It happens again and again until one day our soul is spiritually empty because we have drifted off that path completely. We begin to lose interest in eternal things. Other things begin to take priority in our life until one day we find ourselves off the right path. There are the paths from which we drift, and I've only touched on a couple of them. But even more seriously, there are the paths from which we depart or we drift from. There's the person from whom we depart. When the sheep stray, they not only find themselves separated from the flock, from other sheep, but what is even more serious is they find themselves separated from the shepherd. They find themselves away from the one who leads them and feeds them. They find themselves away from the one who is their provider and protector. Getting away from the flock is one thing. That's not a good thing. But what is even worse is getting away from the shepherd. Let me once again use the example of getting out of church, for instance. That is serious enough in itself. It's what is even more serious is getting away from the Lord. When a person gets out of church, it is but a step before they are completely away from God. In reality, one leads to the other. If a person gets out of church, they will get away from God. If one gets away from God, they will get out of church. You know, the sheep strayed because it took its eyes off the shepherd. It strayed because it failed to listen to the voice of the shepherd. When we drift from the right paths, it only reveals that we are no longer following the Lord our Shepherd. This is the purpose of restoration. It is to bring the sheep back to the right paths and back into fellowship, back into the presence of the Shepherd. Restoration is the work whereby God brings us back to where we should be as His sheep the sheep of His pasture. So we see the purpose of restoration. The purpose of, of restoration, He restoreth my soul. The purpose is to get us back on the right path. To get us back especially into fellowship with Him. But notice the procedures of restoration. When the sheep find themselves off the right paths and away from the shepherd, how are they restored? How are they brought back in, into the fold, into the flock, into, into the presence of the shepherd? Well, I want to point out two instruments that are found in Psalm 23 and the use of those instruments to restore the sheep. I want you to notice in Psalm 23, verse 4, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Now, in this verse, the rod and the staff are intended to comfort the sheep. But I want you to think about the rod and the staff not just as a comfort, Think about how the shepherd uses them, not just to protect the sheep, but how he uses them to correct the sheep. In this verse, in verse 4, we see the rod and the staff. Think with me, first of all, the staff and the straying sheep. The staff and the straying sheep. As I said earlier, sheep easily stray. One of the ways the shepherd restores his sheep is the use of his staff. There was no instrument of the shepherd that was 
was any more representative of the shepherd than his staff. You've probably seen paintings or pictures of a shepherd with their staff. He has it in his hand. It's usually a, a substantial height. Uh, and it has, a, it has a crook at the end of it. That's what we're talking about. That is the shepherd's staff. Whenever you saw the shepherd, you saw him with a staff in his hand. The word staff there in verse 4, the word staff speaks of a support. We would speak of a walking stick maybe, although it's usually longer maybe than a, what we would use as a walking stick. But it's kind of that idea. As the shepherd led his flock, his staff would serve as a walking stick or a support for him. Yet it was more than a support for the shepherd. It was a tool that he used in restoring sheep that were beginning to stray. The staff was made from a sapling that the shepherd carefully chose. It was just suited to fit his hand and his height. He would cut the sapling off just above the roots, and while it was still green and pliable, he would bend one end to form a crook or a hook. The crook was just the right size to reach around the body of a little lamb or around the neck of a larger sheep. If a little lamb began to stray from its mother, oftentimes the shepherd would take his staff and tenderly pull or draw the lamb back to its mother. If a sheep nibbling on the grass was not paying attention and beginning to drift from the flock, the shepherd would walk over to the sheep, reach out with his staff, and turn the sheep back in the direction of the flock or the path he was leading them down. I find this picture in Zechariah 11.7 where Israel is spoken of as a flock ready for the slaughter. Yet the Lord used His staff to restore them. Notice what it says. And I took unto me two staves. That's the staff. The one I called beauty and the other I called bands. And I fed the flock. The Lord took two staffs. One He called beauty and the other He called bands. And there He used them to restore His flock. Just as the Lord used those two staffs to restore staffs to restore Israel, let me suggest two staffs the Lord our shepherd uses to bring us back. They're not called beauty or band or bands. The first is called the Spirit of God. First, I think of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit lives within every child of God and when we begin to stray, the Spirit of God begins to pull at our heart. He begins to draw us back to the right paths and to the Lord. If a person has been saved, you can be sure that when they begin to drift away, the Holy Spirit that lives within them will tell them. He begins to draw us back to the right paths and to the Lord. If a person has been saved, you can be sure that when they begin to drift, the Holy Spirit that lives within them will tell them. You will hear the Holy Spirit say, Little lamb, you are going down a wrong path. You are getting away from the shepherd." The Holy Spirit is one of the staffs the Lord uses to restore us, to get us to go in the right direction. There, but there's a second. There's also the Word of God. The Spirit of God and the Word of God. God will reach out by His Word and pull at our hearts. God's Word has a convicting power about it. It has a way of addressing the need of our heart. You see, the Word of God acts like a staff to draw us and pull at us. Many a sermon has been used as a staff to get our attention and a divine Word to draw us back to God. 
God's Word has a convicting power about it. It has a way of pulling on our hearts. It acts like a staff to draw us and to pull us. We have all experienced the feel of God's staff upon our heart when we were drifting. That's His two staffs. The Spirit of God and the Word of God. But I wanted you to notice the other instrument. We talked about the staff and the straying sheep. I want you to notice the rod and the stubborn sheep. The rod and the stubborn sheep. See, not all sheep respond to the staff. Not all sheep respond to the Word of God or the Spirit of God. Notice what it says in Isaiah 53, verse 6. Here we have a picture of stubborn sheep. There we read, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. This is a picture of sheep that are bent on doing their own thing and going their own way. It is a picture of stubborn sheep. Occasionally, a shepherd will have a sheep in his flock that is just downright stubborn. Shepherd has, has sheep who are stubborn. The Lord has sheep who are stubborn. But you know, it's interesting. He uses the staff to pull the sheep back, but if it's stubborn, it's going to keep straying. The shepherd is patient with the sheep. But if the sheep keeps straying, he has to take even more drastic measures. His rod then becomes the instrument whereby he restores the sheep. The rod was made of a sapling that was cut off a foot or two above the ground. The shepherd then would dig the sapling up, leaving the root or the knob with the part above the ground. He would dig it out, and that knob became like a club almost. He would shape and smooth the knob into a ball. Some shepherds would even embed pieces of metal into the knob to use as a club to fight off robbers or wild animals. That's why it comforted David that the shepherd had his rod. It was a protection to him. It became an instrument of protection. In the case of the stubborn sheep, he would use it as a tool of restoration. After time and time again of using his staff to draw the sheep back, if a sheep persisted in wandering, he would throw his rod in the direction of the sheep. He would not hit the sheep, but he would hurl the rod so it fell just in front of the sheep. And sheep being timid as they are generally, it would frighten the sheep. They would, be, they would startle. It would startle the sheep and make it run back to the flock. And you know what? You and I, I'll bet, have felt this. Oftentimes we have felt the pull of the shepherd's staff upon our heart. Yet like stubborn sheep, we refuse to come back. Patiently the Lord deals with us. But in time, He begins to take other measures to draw us back. He sends or allows certain things to happen in our life to startle us, to shake us up, to frighten us, to startle us, so that we run back to the flock, back to Him. You probably know what I'm talking about. Certain things in life that happen have a way of frightening us and making us say, I'm going to get back in church and I'm going to live for God. Many know what it is for God to throw His rod in their direction. However, in some cases, the sheep may be really stubborn. The shepherd's staff and rod thrown in His direction cease to startle the sheep back. They're so stubborn they go, I know what that is. I ain't afraid of that thing. If no other measure has been successful, the shepherd will take very drastic steps. The shepherd then will take his rod and break the leg of the sheep. 
there are times when only drastic measures taken by the Lord will get our attention. As a pastor, I've heard someone say on more than one occasion, Preacher, I know why this has happened. I've been away from God. An accident, sickness, tragedy has often been God's rod breaking our leg. When the shepherd broke the leg of the sheep, immediately he would bind the leg in a splint and then until the leg healed, he would carry the sheep on his shoulders. Then when the leg healed and the splint was removed, the sheep that had been so stubborn was usually the sheep that stayed the closest to the shepherd. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. The psalmist had had his leg broken. The Lord had used his rod upon him. And the result was the keeping of God's word and the living for the Lord. Number three, the person of restoration. Now, one may think that restoration, especially the drastic steps of restoration, are harsh and cruel. Yet, when one stops and thinks about the one who restores, about the one who restores, the Lord our Shepherd, then they see His work in our life in a different picture. When you look at the Lord our Shepherd in His work of restoration, let me encourage you to see first the love the Shepherd shows. The love the Shepherd shows. When you see the shepherd restoring his sheep, you do not see an angry, you do not see a harsh, you do not see a cruel person. Instead, you see one who deeply loves his sheep and wants only the best for them. He knows there are many dangers out there. There are many dangers that can only bring harm and can only bring hurt to his sheep. And imagine a sheep wandering off by itself. What's going to happen? It's going to get, it's going to get eaten by a, by a wolf. Going to get, it's going to get taken by a lion. It's going to fall into a crevice and, and die there. It's not going to find the green pastures to feed on. It's going to die of starvation. He knows there are many dangers that could hurt and harm his sheep. Out of his love for their welfare and wanting only the best for his sheep, he takes the measure necessary to restore them. Our Lord has to take steps of restoring us but we must always remember that it, that it is never out of anger. It is always out of love. It is out of love that He corrects and restores us. I think of the words of Hebrew 12.6, For whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom He receiveth. The Lord chastens His children, children whom He loves, just as a parent chases, chastens their children because they love them and want what is best for life. Likewise, the Lord shows His love for us when He chastens us. If a parent really loves their child, they will not let their child do anything they want. They will not let them go anywhere they want to go. It's out of love that He restores us. But notice also the life the shepherd seeks. The love the shepherd shows is in chastening, in restoring us. But notice the life the shepherd seeks. As I've already said, the restoration process, processes are for the benefit of the sheep. What the sheep may think will be good for them will only put them into danger. The shepherd knows that is so. Thus, he takes the steps necessary to restore them. He wants them to enjoy and experience a life of joy and happiness. 
He wants them to be able to say, I shall not want. Listen to Hebrews 12.11. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. There is the life the Lord seeks for us. There is the life that motivates Him to restore us. There are the peaceable fruits of righteousness that He wants us to enjoy. If you're prone to wonder, if, you're, if your heart right now is, you know, is drifting from the Lord, if He's not the center of your life, you're not having good fellowship with Him, then you know what? Now's the time to come back to the shepherd. To the shepherd of your soul and ask Him to bind your wandering heart to Him. One day we will conclude our journey by dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. But until then, we need to stay on the right path. I think of David, for instance, who wandered away with Bathsheba. Instead of being where he was supposed to be, out with the troops, fighting a battle, he wandered away. And it got him into big trouble. And I think of the cost that he had to pay. Yes, God restored him. Yes, his fellowship was restored. The joy of his salvation was restored. But think of what it cost him. The son Absalom rebelling against him. Revenge murder and rape in his own family going on. What a cost. What a cost. Until we are dwelling in the house of the Lord, there will always be a tendency, a danger to stray. The comfort is the Lord will restore us. But that ought to challenge us to be very careful not to stray.